Well, I'd like to uh, welcome you to uh, King's Today. It's great to see you here at our Vision Sunday. On this occasion, uh, we're doing it in a very different context. We're doing it in a, a studio just on the edge of the Thames up in Greenwich. And it takes me back to my, my, uh, my first job, actually, my, 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 uh, my apprenticeship in the printing industry. So it's really, for me, stepping back in time well over 35 years. I left school at 16 uh, and I became an apprentice, an apprentice camera operator, which was working in the origination department of a big printing company based in Dunstable. It was a four-year apprenticeship. The first year was uh, based at college. That was in Watford. I used to catch a 7 a.m. train from Bedford across to Bletchley and then another train down to Watford, Watford Junction, and then walk to college do a day at college and then get the trains back and get back about 7 uh, p.m. I, I had to grow up quick and uh, then when I wasn't at college I would go to Dunstable which is where the company was based. That was about 25 miles away and we used to start at 8 a.m. So once again that was a, an early start uh, and very very early on I found myself in a context working with people who were uh, all, all ages and very different to my own upbringing, different values, and it was a rich experience, at times challenging, uh, but I very quickly learned how to relate to someone in their 60s uh, or someone in their 20s, who when I was 16 still felt a little bit older uh, than me. Uh, the first year at Watford College, we spent most of our time on kind of print printing theory and looking at uh, the broad process of origination, plate making, printing and finishing. And I kind of did all aspects and then focused in on some of the theory of the, 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 uh, the process of uh, creating films, uh, taking pictures, big in, using a big industrial camera. It was quite fun. We kind of mucked about in the dark rooms a little, if the truth be known. Um, but it wasn't until I was working alongside a journeyman, a, a, an experienced trained camera operator, that the theory really fell into place for me. Uh, it was kind of a bit too conceptual, but when I was working alongside someone who had done this job for a number of years, uh, the theory fell into place. I, I guess it was the first time and place I experienced discipleship. I was discipled. I was apprenticed. I worked alongside an experienced camera operator. I saw the how they interpreted uh, photographs, how they were aware of uh, different exposure and length of film, uh, uh, how they checked using eyeglasses, uh, whether the dot structure was correct for the printing process. I could have understood the theory, but it wasn't until I was working alongside an experienced camera operator that it all fell into place. I worked there for as an apprentice for four years, then I qualified for two years. And I also learned that, that the men I was working alongside uh, became big influences on my life. So George Costello and Dave Faulkner, uh, if you're listening, you had a massive impact on my life, not only in the a way of how to be a camera operator, but also some of the life issues that we used to discuss together. Uh, and so I'm very appreciative for those formative years. So my, my first experience of discipleship was in a context very similar to where I'm standing here now, a, a, a printing context. Uh, and it's, 
it's quite fun for me to step back into this world after so many years. The major uh, theme for this year's Vision Sunday, in fact for the church year ahead of us, is discipleship. And I want to spend a a few moments talking about how we want to emphasise discipleship uh, through this church year. Uh, This shouldn't be a surprise to us, it's a kind of common theme through scripture. And as I would normally do, I want to root this Vision Sunday in in the Bible. And uh, I'm going to read to us a very famous passage. It's called the Great Commission, Jesus' final words before he ascends to heaven to his disciples. It's like his commissioning, his his mandate to them. And I want to draw out two things through the morning uh, or the day. Uh, and uh, the first is to be about how we are called to go and make disciples. The second, which I'll speak on later when I join you live, is the kind of go and tell, go and proclaim, go and present Jesus, present and preach the, the gospel. So uh, first, let's read the passage together. And then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Um, Very familiar words. Actually, uh, should always be on guard when we read familiar words in scripture because they kind of we could sort of, we get deadened to their impact. But here we have Jesus uh, gathering the eleven. It's his last few moments with them. He declares he has authority. He's he's in a sense conquered death. Uh, he, he's provided a way for us to know God. Salvation is is provided through his sacrifice once and for all. But now he is giving this mandate to his. Uh, followers to to go and proclaim uh, this message. We do a Vision Sunday about once a year. Occasionally we do it a little more, maybe twice, but really at the beginning of the church year in September, I take the opportunity to uh, speak to you all and just give you, well, firstly, some uh, uh, look back, some kind of reflection on this last uh, year or period of time. Uh, And then we might focus in on the year ahead of us And sometimes we might look even further ahead, maybe 5, 10, 15 years ahead. Last year, you may remember if you were at King's a year ago, I spoke on this sense that God had been saying to me that we should wait, we should pause, that that there was a, a wave of blessing coming, but God was asking us to be patient. And I expressed to you that uh, some of my frustration and how I felt restrained. And this is, I'm an activist and I want to well, get on and we want to uh, make progress. And uh, so it was just really a restraining word. And I really appreciate how the church responded to it rather than being discouraged that we weren't going anywhere. But we're more, OK, let's wait on God. And a growing sense of faith that there was like a wave of blessing, a season of favour that was going to crash upon us. I think we've seen some of that through this year with a growing momentum in our groups and people being saved and just the favour of God. It's been such an encouragement. This year uh, I'm going to speak on discipleship. I'm going to open that up a little bit more in a few moments but I just want to lift your heads to September the 23rd uh, 2018. In fact I want you to think about the Vision Sunday 
that we'll be sharing together in a year's time. Um, I have a, a sabbatical, a planned sabbatical through 2018. Uh, it's actually might surprise some of you, but it's a year late. I've delayed it for a year. Uh, we will have a three-month break between June and August next year. And then I'm planning to uh, come back and really share with the church what the elders here have been discussing, particularly over these last sort of six, nine months, about a kind of a new dream, a new vision. We've kind of kind of summarized it at the moment as like vision 2030. What, what are we going to believe God for? If I can say while I'm leading this church, I, I will be 55 next year. So we're really looking at, you know, what can we achieve in the next decade or 15 years? And we're going to put a lot of work into that moment. And that's why I'm making you aware of it now. Kind of save the date, please, uh, because uh, 23rd of September 2018, we will cast a big vision of what we believe God has called us to do. We're really going to put a foot on the accelerator. But uh, before we get to that, let's swing back into what we want to achieve this year, which is really about uh, the theme of discipleship and how uh, the mandate from uh, uh, Jesus to his 11 was go and make disciples. Uh, One of the most uh, fascinating little clips I watched on YouTube last year was a little clip on the importance of asking the why question first before you ask the how question. I mean, you would think I I would know that. Uh, I'm a bit ashamed to say that uh, sometimes we get so caught in the process, we forget to ask the why question. So as we're looking at discipleship through this year, I want to ask the why question first. I think the answer is pretty crystal clear. That's what the Great Commission is. That was the mandate that Jesus gave to the 11, to the disciples. He said, look, go make disciples and baptize them and teach them and teach them to obey. I think it's interesting. Those three things are, are in Scripture. I think it shows the importance of baptism. That first step of saying, no, Jesus is Lord, identifying with Christ in like being buried in Christ and risen into a new life, dying to your old self, coming up in your new life. And uh, if you're a Christian here, you've never been baptized. I want to I want to challenge you right at the beginning of this new church year. uh, As we're talking on discipleship, baptism is right at the front end. And if you believe that Jesus is crucified and risen, he's saved you, and you've yet to be baptised, I want to challenge you again this year, get baptised. That's what the Great Commission says, says go and baptise them. Uh, And so for some of you today, there's a first step, there's an application straight up when we get into this theme for the year of discipleship. Secondly, it talks about teaching, the importance of teaching the scriptures. Um, In the autumn term, we're going to do a series called We Believe. It's going to be looking at the core Christian doctrines, the kind of foundations of our faith. And then in the spring term, we're going to do a season based out of the the great epistle, uh, uh, the book to the Philippians, uh, particularly through a discipleship lens. And we're going to encourage all of you to get involved in groups if you're not already involved in groups through uh, that series. So we're going to teach and then lastly, obey. You can see you can go and hear great teaching. You can be uh, made to laugh, cry. You can have uh, huge academic input. But in the end, if you don't apply it to your life, then I don't think it's good teaching. Uh, And sometimes you can uh, hear that basically, feed me with more knowledge. And at King's, particularly an emphasis of mine is that 
uh, knowledge is good, but if it isn't applied to your life, then it hasn't been obeyed. Uh, and that's why it's good to improve your intellectual awareness of what the scriptures say and mean. Uh, but in the end, it needs to be applied to your life. And so taking biblical truth applied to your life in the issues of your character, your attitude, you, how you handle your money, how you handle your relationships, um, how you handle your sexuality, needs to be rooted in the teaching of Scripture and obeyed and followed. That's what a disciple is. It is a learner. It is a follower of Jesus' ways. And that's what we hope to do here is to, through this year, is really emphasise the person of Jesus and really root uh, the life we're trying to live in worship to him through the scriptures. Um, it's amazing to think that uh, this year is the 500th anniversary of the Reformation. When Luther, in a sense, presented to uh, Christians uh, the rediscovery of the scriptures. Uh, and then the combination of, of Luther connected with the printing press. Gutenberg and Heidelberg uh, made the scriptures uh, available to all people. Um, I mean, this is 500 years ago, but they say that the Catholics couldn't burn uh, the paper uh, as quick as uh, the Reformationists could uh, print uh, the word. And the word became available to us. And once again, as Christians in the UK, we can get so familiar with this book its availability to us, where there are Christians all over the world that are desperate to have scriptures in their own translation. And uh, everything we want to do is, the type of people we want to become is kind of lined up with this book. You know, our belief and practice flows from uh, the Bible. Um, 500 years ago, the Bible became available to the common man and woman. Uh, In fact, it, it really was like the social media of the day, and it went global just like the internet has gone global in our generation. So I think the why question is really clear to us. It's it's the Great Commission. It's the mandate we have been given. So very often the question becomes, how do we do this? How do we make disciples? I think we can learn a lot from the ministry of Jesus. I was always fascinated that he was a carpenter first. He was an apprentice. He he kind of learned in the home how to... uh, uh, a, a trade... So I've always wondered how that impacted his discipleship of men and women. We can see from his ministry that he had a combination of teaching the crowds. So he was very comfortable with teaching and proclaiming God's way uh, in a public context. I guess our parallel is Sundays. But then very often he would follow up with a closer group of disciples, a 12, a 3, maybe even on a one-to-one conversation. And so he would then discuss teaching in in a group context. And so you have the combination of public proclamation and teaching and then discussion, sometimes over meals with individuals. Uh, And I think that touches on the kind of some of the key philosophy of kings. We believe that a healthy church has gathers on Sundays and also gathers in groups. Um, The other question that one asks when it comes to how is, what is the process of discipleship making? In printing, there's a clear process. You start with origination, that goes to plate making, that goes to printing, and then there's finishing, like bookbinding. And that was the clear process. It still is, broadly speaking, the process of printing. 
When it comes to discipleship making, I think humans are a little bit more complex than that. And I've always been a little nervous about a formulaic view of how you make a disciple. Uh, in fact, I find Andy Stanley's five faith catalysts that are in his book, uh, Deeper and Wider, uh, helpful. He talks about five ways that God grows you in faith. The first is practical teaching. I've alluded to that. In fact, we want everything that we're learning rooted in Scripture, both uh, particularly through receiving the ministry of gifted teachers. Secondly, uh, private disciplines. So if you really want to grow as a Christian, there's a lot of responsibility on you to be a learner uh, and therefore reading the Scriptures daily, praying, uh, ensuring that you're exposing yourself to good teaching. Sometimes all the stuff's on God's channel and it's not what I would kind of say is you want to make your main diet. Be, you know, be a reader. Uh, feed yourself. If you really want to grow, maturity, uh, you can tell when people are really maturing, when they're, they're, if I can say they're self-feeding, and it kind of supplements all the good stuff you get through a church. Um, the third would be personal ministry. I know I grew as a Christian as I started to serve. My first service in the church when I was just about 19 was I opened the doors and closed the doors for the meeting. Uh, I was like a floor manager. And then I ran a Tearcraft school, which was a kind of a, a part of Tear, Tear Fund's ministry to kind of raise money for uh, uh, the more vulnerable people, particularly overseas. Uh, it wasn't very glamorous. It was behind the scenes. It, 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 involved quite a lot of time commitment but I remember doing it I mean I, I was leaning into God because I needed his help and and then when I remember I led my first group I mean the hours I would spend reading the Bible and preparing thinking through questions I'm sure I benefited a lot more from leading that group than anyone else uh, if the truth be known and it was through ministry maybe that's why it connects into my kind of hands-on approach of learning that I grew as a, a Christian and as a disciple. I think, fourthly, providential relationships. I have, over the years, had people that have come into my life that have really mentored me. They've been examples to me. Terry Virgo in the area of prayer. Steve Nicholson, who's visiting the church in a couple of weeks' time, has been a mentor to me as an experienced pastor. Uh, when I was back as an apprentice in Dunstable, I became a Christian at 19. So I'd been working in the print uh, for uh, three or so years. I went from Friday swearing like everyone else, got saved on Sunday, walked in Monday, transformed, stopped swearing immediately. And it was a younger apprentice, uh, a young guy called Andy uh, Newton, Andrew Newton, who uh, uh, had joined the company. He'd become a Christian and Early on, he was, he was a mentor to me. He, he helped me a lot in my early days. It was God's grace to me as I was sort of setting out on this new life. And then lastly, Andy Stanley talks about pivotal circumstances. That God disciples people through life. I don't know about you, I've learned a lot about God and I've learned a lot about myself. Not actually reading the Bible or discussing in a group, but literally through walking through life. Uh, sometimes in the most painful and difficult times. Or sometimes when you realise how selfish you are when you've got a child shouting for attention or you suddenly find yourself overreacting to your wife or husband, you become aware through circumstances, sometimes through the pain of loss 
or even through how you act when you're successful, that you learn a lot about yourself. And God uses all these ways uh, to train us and to make us more like him. And as we focus on discipleship through this year, I think it, I just wanted to say, like, I think God uses many different forms of grace to grow us and, and train us. All ultimately needs to be rooted in scripture. That's like the touchstone. But God uses many other ways to grow us. And I think as we uh, move forward with this focus, it's helpful for us to be aware of that. As we go into this year, I want to encourage all of us to kind of step in. Why don't we, uh, as a community, go on a journey together? For some of you, your step will be baptism. You need to get baptised, get baptised. Others, it's like, I'm going to serve. For others, it's like, I'm going to get involved in a group. I'm going to lead a group. Uh, I'm going to read the scriptures and pray daily. Whatever step you need to take, uh, I'm going to embrace this season of life and growing God through the pain or the success. Whatever your step is, let's do it together. And uh, I'm expectant that we're going to have a, a, a great year together. It's good to uh, uh, join you. If you're new to Kings, you're very, very welcome. We do a Vision Sunday uh, about once a year. And on this occasion, it's been a mixture of video and live. And uh, I remind you that the, the first part of the message was very much about going deeper. It's about discipleship and how we're going to make that an emphasis of this church year. A part of discipleship is uh, how we handle our money. And I want to take the opportunity to just update the church on the generosity of kings. We've had another strong year, and I just wanted to let you know about that. And so if you can just put this up. This was uh, our target for our revenue was 1.3 million, and our, our target for our multi-site, 400. You know, some of that money would have paid for the fantastic new rooms we got on the first floor uh, for all our young people uh, that they're using for the first time, just, uh, just behind this wall here. And... Uh, you can see on the multi-site one, we've been saying we've been a little bit behind. We, we actually had a really strong end in August. And revenue, we always knew we were on target, but we also had a really strong end to revenue. So you see, at the end, we're only 8,000 short across the whole budget. So we are delighted with that. So thank you for your ongoing generosity. Why don't you give everyone an applause? Yeah, okay. okay. Now, just so you know, this is our budget going forward for next year. It's a slight increase on revenue, uh, and uh, which we think is easily attainable. And a slight slowdown on multi-site, which we've said to the church we'll do as we kind of manage the debt. We have about £2.4 million worth of debt. And so it's a slight uplift, but quite conservative. And partly it's conservative because I've got some good news for you. The good news is that we've received a legacy worth some £600,000. And, uh, this was uh, left to the church by uh, a gentleman, uh, a man called uh, Tony Beadle. If you've been in the church for any length of time, you may know or had known a Tony. Uh, he was a single man with no dependents and had left the estate to the church. So that what a blessing. He'd been in the church for decades. I mean, when he died a couple of years ago, we couldn't find... He'd been, he'd been going to games so long, we couldn't find anyone that knew when he started coming. But it was literally 40, 50, maybe plus years. And that was his... What a legacy to give to a church. And what we're going to do in light of that news, uh, the elders and trustees will review our debt position. 
and we'll just sort of uh, look at that and we'll come back to you. But we just wanted to be open with you that we'd receive that now. Uh, in fact, we've received some of the cash already. The house he owned is being sold, marketed at the moment. So it'll take a while for that to resolve. But once that all happens, we'll, we'll let you know. So uh, just fantastic news, isn't it? And can I just say, I've said this before. I, I know, there's a big church, and I know of two, two families that are not only struggling with the loss of a loved one, but also the complications of a will not being uh, put in place. It's a very important document. So if you don't have a will, I'm going to keep telling you to get one until everyone in this church has made good stewardship. Okay, that's all a part of good discipleship. Let's finish well. Okay. So that's hopefully some encouraging news we wanted to just take the opportunity to share. Um, The first part of the message was kind of about let's go deeper. The second part, the Great Commission, is all about going wider. It's about proclaiming and telling the good news about Jesus. And I'm delighted to announce to you this morning that we have uh, decided that it's time to launch a fourth site. So uh, that's the news of the morning. That is the go uh, wider. Um, Now, I'm going to show you a map now in a moment. Just hold it for a second. This map actually shows where people gather from that come to Kings, members and connected. It's not everyone, but it's like kind of more, more committed core people. And you'll see that we gather from right across southeast London. And you'll see, if you look closely, that most of the people come right close to this actual venue, which is, the, in a sense, it, it, it's going to be like that because of the history and journey of this church. Um, and then you'll see uh, that those that all come to the Catford is kind of like a pinky red colour. And then those that go to the downer site are blue, and those that go to the green site uh, 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 are Lee. That's, that's Lee. So that's the, to try and explain the colours. And then also um, you'll see a shaded area, which is where we uh, are planning to plant and start the fourth site. And if you live in that area, we hope you will uh, hear God for yourself to go to it. So I wonder if I could just put the map up, okay? Huh? Oh, yeah, yeah, you do need to hear God to do this. So, uh, okay. So I don't know how much you can see that from the back, especially you might see it on the TV screens. But um, Okay, here we have it. So green is Lee, blue is Downham, and then this, this is a huge site with over 1,000 people coming to it. Uh, and you can see right at the centre here, uh, if you can see the 468 is the Corbett Estate. Uh, I live on that estate. If you walk around that estate, you bump into people from Kings all the time. So Now the shaded area, that we, uh, where we're going is we're going to go south and west. Uh, and so if you're here, this is a Vision Sunday with a, with a real challenge and application. Because we would like you to seriously consider. Of course, you can, we're not, not going to tell you where to go to your church. Okay? If you live there and you still want to come to this site, then we're not going to turn you away. You know that about us. You, you've got to feel free to, uh, to, to go. But it would help us if you'd seriously consider it. Okay? Uh, <laughs> Because we're getting full here. Have a look round. We're getting full. We've worked across the summer. To, we've worked out how to get 60 more chairs in this place because we're just running out of space. And so if you're, part, if you're committed to this church and you're part of a visionary, missional community, here it comes. Okay? And uh, it's really going to be, it's West Wickham, New Addington, Croydon, Thornton Heath, uh, Beckenham. If you live in Bromley, at the moment we would like you to continue to sort of go to your existing site. Now, 
What might help you is we've got some very exciting news because I'm delighted to say that Charles and Amy are going to head up and be our site leaders. So, uh, I think I saw them. Oh, here they are. They actually are alive in the room. Stand up. Stand up. Come on. Woo. <laughs> so, now look. If you were launching a fourth site, you would want a couple looking like that. I mean, I mean, they're just like, they just look like, oh, wow, they must be king site leaders. I mean, what an attractive couple. Well, actually, Charles is a bit average. But anyway, uh, but it's really great. It's really good. And Charles, seriously, is an outstanding leader. He's a great communicator. He loves the word of God. He's passionate about the scripture. He's a thinker, but he's also a very strong leader, team leader, team builder. They're a fantastic couple. We expect many of you to go, oh, right, yeah, we're on board with that. Uh, We haven't. We've got got eyes on a venue, uh, but we haven't found one yet. So just so you know that and take a little bit of time and we'll be getting into that straight away. So here we go. We want about 125 have the next slide. Around 125 to about 150 to, to go. So we're not looking for 20 of you. We're looking for tens of you to go, we're in. Okay. And we will have chances to ask questions and indicate at some point. But we really do need to send out enough cohort, mainly from this site. However, if you don't live in that target area, we need you to stay. Okay. Last time we did this, we did it into Lee, and 400, of, 400 people said they want to go. I said, after about two, two weeks of excitement, I thought there'd be no one left. You know? so, so this time, uh, we are trying to just pastor it a little bit more. So we're saying to you, to start with, if you don't live in the shaded area, we want you to stay. Because there are still hundreds of people that we're serving here, and people we want to reach here. Okay? Um, if you do live in the areas, I've already said, we'd like you to consider joining the new site. Uh, uh, otherwise, we would uh, like you to stay. So, um, I've shared with the Downham site this morning that the land at the back is still in negotiations. So, Phoenix approached to buy that land. That's still going on. And I've dropped the idea to the lease site that if they carry on growing as fast as they are, we will have to go to two meetings at the lease site. Isn't that amazing in itself? So we have some amazing things going on in our midst. I hope you're encouraged uh, by uh, what I've shared this morning, both through video and now live. I'm asking each of you to step in. If we send 100, 150 people out, everyone in this room is going to have to step up if you stay. We, we, can't, we, we don't mind you coming for a season and receiving, but we do believe that disciples contribute. I'm going to need you. There's going to be space all over the place, okay? And so it's going to be a challenging year, uh, but I trust an exciting and that an exciting year. And I, I trust that as you go and reflect on this, that you think, oh, well, I'm caught up in a church that is endeavouring to fulfil the kingdom of God to, to go deeper and wider. And uh, that's what I have for you today. My time has gone. I'd love to worship again, but I want to respect the kids' workers. So I'm going to pray now, and then I'm going to hand back to Hillary and we'll close. Let's pray together. Thank you, God. We thank you, uh, Lord, that it's a stretch moment for kings. And we pray, it, Lord, as we reflect on this. I pray for particularly for those that are living in the area we'd love to launch a new site in. We thank you for Charles and Amy, an outstanding couple, to kind of uh, 
head up and lead us out. And we just ask as we reflect on both going deeper and wider, that as a church we'd feel encouraged that we're seeing progress, that we see the kingdom breaking out. And so we do ask for your hand upon us, even as we look together to pray at the end of the month. You can see there's much to pray for, Lord. So help us gather then to seek you as uh, we move forward. I ask in Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. Amen.